Hello, everyone. This is Rico, and you're about to listen to another episode of Trucks and Sci-Fi, your weekly, semi-weekly during the last few weeks during the summer, but uh, dose of geeky goodness. It is August 27th, 2023. This is show 912. Wow, it's the end of August. Wow. it's It seems like summer just started to me. Even, you know, San Diego Comic-Con seems like it was a long time ago. All those movies I went to see in June, The Flash, Indiana, you know, The Spider-Verse, those seem like a long time ago. I haven't been to the movies in, in a little while, actually. So um, I was tempted to go today. It's National Cinema Day. This theater near me, I think this is kind of running through a lot of theater chains in the, in the U.S. at least. I don't know if this National Cinema Day is outside the U.S. I really have no idea. Um, but the... They're $4 movies. And the, the theater I go to, the prices have gone up to, like, ridiculous. I go to this – I like to go to the IMAX, you know, there. And it's it's what pulls me to go to the theater, really, one of the reasons, because it's it's a nice theater and it's big and all that. But it's like 15 bucks to see a movie. 15 bucks, uh, You know, and uh, that's a matinee, I think, price, right? Yeah. I usually go to, during the day. I think it's thirteen, and and then when you buy the ticket online, it's a it's a two dollars service charge, which they started to add on. All right, let's not complain too much in the opening of the podcast, but it's kind of so a four dollar movie. Yeah, I was tempted to go see. I still haven't seen Oppenheimer. I I just can't. I don't know. I've heard so mixed things, good from good to bad, and it's also three hours, you know. And while I'm interested in the subject matter. That to me is a movie. Maybe I don't know. I I I I feel like I could watch that at home. So I'm probably gonna wait. Uh, the um, I do want to see Blue Beetle though. I mean that's been getting some pretty good reviews. And you know when I say reviews, I I really mean I don't mean critics. I really don't honestly care about what film critics say about a movie. I I care about people that I that have similar opinions of movies. Some of the groups on Facebook I'm in. That that those guys that you know comic book fans and things what they think of the movie but um, but I don't know I've got some stuff I still need to do around the house so that's probably pulling me more. Blue Beetle is not a character I really know very well anyway. Um, it's a DC character, not very well known to me at least, and I mean he's definitely not uh, one of their bigger characters. But I, I I don't mind that I but I I probably can wait on it. Um, all right, but this week. I think it's just going to be a shorter grab bag kind of show like I've been doing lately. It's been a little tricky to sort of plan some more in-depth shows or play an episode of Trek and, and comment on it. So I'm going to kind of keep it casual. I, I'm trying to get, I've been trying to get together with Dylan, my friend that I've met at, at San Diego the last couple of times I've gone to Comic-Con there. Uh, we've been trying to trade trading uh, times and schedules. We're going to do a show. Um, we're actually going to record one. I, I think they're our, our new date is for tomorrow night. I was going to wait and use that as this week's podcast, but I think I'll use that for next weekend because it'll give me time to edit and things like that. So uh, we're planning on talking all about cons. He went to the Vegas Trek Con and um, and also San Diego, of course, and we're going to talk about Strange New Worlds and, and all kinds of things. So, hey, without any further ado, let me play the intro and I'll come back and we'll chit chat about TVs, movies and comics and all kinds of geeky stuff. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Treks in Sci-Fi podcast. 
Scotty, beat me up. Fascinating. Stand by to receive our transmission. All right, folks, I'm back. How is everyone? Hope everyone's doing well. Uh, just uh, it's uh, summer, as I was saying earlier, is flying by. Doing some good things around the house, though, really. I um, in another life, <laughs> another life, I've you know, I work in, in paint and coatings. And one of the things that I, that I like about science and, and, and what I've done over the years, both in school and then for a job, is it's allowed me to – I'm not a guy who just sits at a computer. I do um, things with my hands, like, you know, I, I, I paint test panels for, for companies. And, uh, you know, just I, – I like to do things, you know, kind of just up and about, you know. So anyway, I, I've – I love working around the house. It's it's really really do enjoy it. I always feel like when I when when I retire, <laughs> I'll become one of those older handyman kind of guys, you know, who you know goes around and does things and you know climbs on ladders when he's when he probably shouldn't anymore. <laughs> who knows what? I, I just saw just this weird picture, by the way, on um on just um sorry my crazy. I was pulling my phone out of my pocket. Has this ever happened to you guys? It probably does. It's one of those because the button on your uh, – I have an iPhone anyway. It, it, it has that flashlight thing kind of right on the home screen. Anyway, how, how many times has this happened to you guys where you're pulling the phone out of your pocket and, the, and you turn on the flashlight? But uh, I, it's, it's, it's just – it's nice. It's convenient that they have that like sitting right there, but I, 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 I'm always doing that. All right. So I was going back to – yeah, so – the um home stuff yeah it's there's a very big feeling of satisfaction you know we're in a very complex world these days here here's rico's going to get a little deep but we're in a really complex world lots of things going on sometimes not so great things and and there's something to me super satisfying of of doing a project you know even if it's just painting a room or some kind of home improvement type of thing and that I can work with my hands, I can sort of see it, I can tackle it. Like I, you know, this past week we had a one of the anyone who's done plumbing or toilet repair, you know, you know, you've got those little bolts on your toilet that that hold it in place, the upper tank. You know, toilets, uh, man, they they really need. I I know there's some fancy, super expensive Japanese toilets, but the basic toilet design. I mean, my goodness, it's been around for decades and it is not good. It, it, it's it's really pretty crappy, truthfully, um, in my opinion, at least, because I've probably I we've been in this house for a while, but I've had to do toilet repairs multiple times. And it's not like I'm bad at it, really. I don't like doing it. And but the for example, the little washers for the bolts in the, in the toilet and maybe there are better ones out there. Maybe somebody listening can clue me in. But. Four or five years at the most, and they start to degrade, and then you, then you, then they don't seal as well, and you get a drip. I mean, it just doesn't last. And um, so, 
so anyway, the point is there's to me when you don't have to like have meeting after meeting like jobs do and you got to get groups together and all talk all this upper higher level kind of thing. I, I just like to get in and get the job done and do it, you know, and, and not have to, you know, get approved by 20 different people and, and just, it, uh, it's just, uh, I think sometimes I think I would have been better off living on a farm or something. Some, <laughs> although that's hard work that, that I, my hat, my tipping my hat to farmers, even if you're running a small farm or big farm, whatever, anywhere in between that's, that's work. Um, but point is I, I do like doing things around the house it's just sometimes hard to find the time I've been um part of my basement uh, the part that I didn't finish off down here in the Rico cave I've um I've been kind of cleaning and 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 I've moved some stuff around I, I'm painting the the cement areas the walls that that never got um any kind of paneling or anything put over them so kind of making them look nicer and everything and then putting things back in place but and it's also allowed me to throw a bunch of junk out that I don't need or is just gross and old. Uh, so that's that's kind of what's been keeping me busy. I was working on that a little bit yesterday, and then I'm going to do a little after I do the record the podcast here soon. Um, and then if things around the house have been staining the deck, uh, other things. But it's just uh, the summertime, in, and I don't really like to paint in my house inside and the inside without, without – um, I don't really like to do it during the winter time. You know, I like to be able to have windows open, even though I'm using pretty much, you know, pretty friendly, to non-toxic paints these days because they don't really sell anything that's that nasty or toxic anymore. It's been pretty much, you know, latex and water-based and things, but there's still odors and there's still things that uh, I would rather have a window open. So, um, so anyway, that been doing that. Hey, this is geek talk, right? So it's it's nice. I mean, this goes back to even I'll, I'll pull it into the geek area, and I need to get back to this and, and I keep you know berating myself about it. But I used to growing up, especially during the summers uh, with time off from school, uh, I would build a lot of models or or just paint uh, paint pictures, like not painting walls and and a lot of hobby type things like that. It's um it's hard for me. I have a little bit of a problem of I've learned, I'm trying to learn better, but then I would have weeks and weeks off. I could just get up in the morning and start working on it. And um, with working, you know, the summer isn't really free time exactly. I mean, I have a few days off here and there and that stuff, but um, it's hard to work on a project in very, very tiny increments. You know, it's, it's, I've got to retrain myself a little bit. I, I've, I've been learning. I, I, I've kind of like even this basement stuff that I've been doing, I've been probably working on that for like, well, almost since I came back from Comic-Con for pretty much the whole month of August. I do a little bit on the weekends and, and then kind of chip away at it type of thing. So, but I want to get back to building models. And I, I just saw, for example, another guy who built a, um, uh, movie enterprise version, you know, uh, you know, the refit version as it's called of the enterprise there, I have, a, I have the model, um, from polar lights, a one three fiftieth scale, which is a pretty good size. It's, I think it ends up being around 31, 32 inches long or so. Uh, it's about the same size as the master replicas original series enterprise that I have. And I want to build it, paint it well, Aztec, you know, and all that, and light it and everything. I was looking at this guy's lighting kit. He really had a great lighting job on this one that he built. 
I think it's on the Starship Modeler page or Starship Builder. I forget what it's called, Modeler or Builder on Facebook. But but one of the things about that model that's always weird, and they did it differently for the movie effects. It was a real model, a practical model, not CGI. But you notice the startup sequence in the in the dry dock in the uh, Star Trek The Motion Picture, you get all these little sort of like floodlights that light up certain like areas in the Enterprise. And they did that with like lights and mirrors and things. It wasn't actually the model always lighting itself. So to make a model light like the um, NCC-1701, for example, on the top of the saucer section, you have to kind of do some tricks. You have to light it in, a, you know, with certain kinds of lighting in certain positions and things. A lot of people for those areas, the way they've done it here, I didn't turn, mean to turn this into a modeling podcast, and we'll get off this topic in a second and talk about uh, talk about some more sci-fi movies and TV. But what what people do with the models typically, what they've they've tricked is they light it from below. Actually, you you the the model is somewhat transparent; light will bleed through it. Um, so you put an area, you paint an area sort of around where the logo, not, why do I, I'm, it's not really the logo, the, the registry number, for example, and you, you kind of dark paint the rest of the area and you leave that unpainted and then you put a light kind of behind there. So you light it from behind, but this guy's kit, he was able to find a kit that had LEDs that would actually spotlight kind of those areas on the exterior, which I, I just found that kind of very cool looking and it had a, Definitely gives it a different look and different effect than lighting it from behind. I've always felt the lighting from behind isn't quite doesn't quite look the same. It looks okay, but so that's you know that's something. It's a it's a pretty complicated model to build. A lot of lighting, uh, and 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 the that that Aztec design. Which if you don't know what that means, if you look in the original, sorry, if you look in the um, motion picture. The surface of the ship has this sort of hmm, reflective, different little reflective squares and things in it, or on, on the paint job on, on the on the surface of the ship, and it it's effectively it's called they call it Aztecing, and there's two basic ways people do it. One, the probably simpler way to do it is there's decal sets out there that you literally lay down decals to give you that design on the on the ship which i'm not a huge fan of decals and i've i kind of decided in my my head at least it's probably crazy but the other way to do it is you use paint masks so basically you lay down a mask over an area you paint one area of a certain color they're kind of these pearlescent kind of reflective paints sort of metallic looking um of slightly different shades two or three maybe or so something like that but so you have these different masks and you paint that area that's kind of how i'd like to do it and um, all right, I guess I'm done with modeling talk, but that all boiled back to started from me liking I like to work with my hands and do and do projects and things. You know, back in the day, I would build a lot of the props and stuff. Some of the early props uh, are are things that I built myself, did not buy. You know, I can still remember back when Star Wars came out, the first one just called Star Wars, not a new hope. Uh, I built my own, you know, tried to sort of match what Luke's lightsaber looked like by just building it out of hardware type parts. I think the main body was like an exhaust pipe 
uh, or a couple different size exhaust pipes and, and some other plumbing things and a couple of little bent metal pieces. It's not bad. I still have the thing, actually. I think I've put up a picture before of it. Uh, but um, And I built a Han Solo blaster. That one's a little bit more boxy looking than I would have liked, um, especially the uh, the grip. Uh, I didn't have a, you know, I, I built it out of metal, and I didn't really have a good way to make a nice curved handle um, so, but I still, I'm pretty proud of it. And I put a strobe in it and, and it actually fires and stuff. Uh, so, uh, it's, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. I, or at least considering the time and what I was capable of, uh, I'm happy. So the, yeah. So getting back to doing all that kind of stuff, doing things with my hands, I, I just love. And, uh, so nerd stuff. Um, yeah, this, this writer's strike and actor strike, they, they need to, they need to stop that. They need to get that settled. I mean, I get it. And I've talked about this, I think, on the podcast before. I understand the situation. I mean, it's and I'm a very realist kind of a guy. And, you know, big corporations, they take the money and they pay their people as little as they possibly can pay them. I work for a pretty big company. And I mean, I get I I'm OK with what I'm being paid. I'm, I'm pretty happy with it but um versus what the company makes and and, and that i eh, you know it's and, and when you know people look at these big companies warner brothers disney you know amazon netflix and all these places and the money that they've they get you know from these people and their projects and then versus what they're paying out to their people. The thing that I don't understand with with some of the money that's in these charts that get tossed around, right, that have been, the thing that I don't get, it'll say Disney makes, you know, $50 billion or whatever. But, I mean, is that is that just Disney online? Is it the Disney movies that come to the theater? Is, is it the Disney, including the Disney parks? Uh, all the other things that Disney runs and owns and, and makes money off of. I don't know. I, I don't know if these numbers are based on just their money they're making off of, like, say, movies and TV division, right? Exactly that. Um, and then how do you break down, like, how, how do you break down a, um, you know, let's say, let, let's use some examples, I guess, is the easier way to do it. Like, like Ahsoka, Ahsoka's show just started. Rosaria Dawson's on, um, you know, starring in that role. Okay. So her show is is streaming on Disney+. Plus. Gets a certain level of ratings, which streaming services, I don't think in general, have ever really released very much ratings. You know, Netflix, you'll see, hey, here's the top movie running right now. Like I watched last night. I'll jump off onto a tangent a little. I watched that um, Gal Gadot. Is that how you say her name? Who knows? Uh, you know, Wonder Woman. Uh, there's a movie called Heart of Stone uh, that's been on Netflix for a few weeks. I finally sat down and watched it. I heard kind of mixed things. I thought it was okay. I thought it was kind of by the numbers slightly. Um, it, it was, and, and actually some of the action sequences looked a little bit, eh, not that great. I mean, but I'd give it about a seven five eight i mean she she's really fun to watch i mean i like watching her in movies anyway even back when she was just doing like fast and the furious but um and it had some pretty cool location stuff it was kind of like uh, i'm gonna call it female mission impossible sort of is, is my best way um to describe it a little bit uh but the um how did i get off on that tangent okay so so the um 
I guess, I guess it was simply saying, you know, that movie is, is listed in one of their, I think, top 10 things playing right now. But these actors go in like, like Rosario Dawson for Ahsoka or, or Gal Gadot or whatever, you know, they go in and they say, Hey, we'd like you to do this TV series, this mini series for streaming for Disney plus called Ahsoka. And we want to hire you to play Ahsoka and you get, here's your contract and this is what you get paid. And, but do they, I mean, I don't know how the strike thing is working, but you obviously can't like there's no universal way to do this, right? There's no way, universal way to say like, hey, you know, anybody that comes in and works on a streaming TV series, you're going to get, you know, some incremental, like if the, if the ratings are this, you get this money. If the ratings are this, you get this money. You know, it, it, it's, gonna, it's still going to be individual contracts and individual decisions based on, you know, the level of the actor's popularity at, at, when they go into it. Uh, so many different factors. So I don't know. It's complicated. I, I don't get, I, I don't, you know, will, will they say something like every time you play the Ahsoka series from now until the end of time, Rosario Dawson gets five bucks or, or, or whatever, you know, per play or I, 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 don't, I don't know, or a dollar or it's kind of like YouTube views, right? I mean, YouTube, if you've ever looked into it, God, I'm already 20 minutes into this podcast blathering about all kinds of stuff. Uh, but, uh, and I want to keep this one kind of short anyway, maybe we'll shoot for about 40, 45 minutes. Uh, the, um, you know, YouTube is, you get some infinitesimal small percentage per YouTube play of your video, right? People are getting like a million views are getting like a check for 10 bucks or something like that, which is ridiculous, honestly. Um, but, um, I mean, there, talk about, talk about people who should sue somebody, not sue, but, uh, should go on strike. It's, it's all the popular YouTube people, uh, that, that, that make very little based on how much, how many views they really have. I, I, I think I remember a few years ago, some of the popular, um, YouTubers really got up in arms because, because they were, I don't know if YouTube changed the algorithm or changed the, how much money they were getting, but it may be an improved, but there was a lot of people that were putting out videos about how much they little, how little they were making off of, you know, how much YouTube was making off of basically their content. Right. So, so it's, it's, it's complicated. And, 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 and the writer situation, I, I think the actor thing is even maybe, maybe isn't quite as bad to figure out or quite as hard to figure out versus a writer. Um, it's the writer situation. Uh, so, you know, somebody writes a movie and, and, and let's say there, there definitely needs to be put things into just about any movie contract to me that is, okay, here's your base pay. This is what you're going to be paid for the script, period. Here's your $10,000. Here's your $100,000, whatever you're being paid. Then you should be like, hey, and you're going to get some percentage of the profit of the movie, you know, no matter what. Even if the movie makes very little money or it makes or maybe there's a threshold. Maybe it only kicks in if you make, let's say the movie cost $100,000 to make $100,000. What am I saying? $100,000, $100 million to make these days or even a more modest movie. Let's say a $50 million movie. Let's say uh, they put into the contract. I don't know why I'm trying to decide what Writers Guild of America and, and you know, the Actors Guild, you know, what we're going to do for the contracts. But I would think you need to hit a threshold point before you could start giving people percentages of the profits. Like Barbie, the Barbie movie. There's a good example. 
Margot Robbie, I think, is one of the producers, right, or executive producer. She starred in it. And I, and I read somewhere she's going to maybe make like 15 million bucks based on how her contract was written. And this movie's made a billion dollars. Now, that seems reasonable, you know, you know, although, you know, the other thing about all this to me is and, and yeah, once it's said and done, you can't really. But would another actress have made just as much money as her? Hmm? I don't know. I don't know. I could see somebody like uh, like. I, I just watched the last episode of Based on a True Story with uh, Kaylee Cuoco from Big Bang Theory, who I think is a great – she's really, really turned into, I think, a pretty pretty good actress and solid actress. And she can do a lot from comedy to drama to all kinds of things. And uh, she could have played Barbie for sure. Um, so it's but, – but again, a movie that's made that kind of money – the, like the Barbie movie, the, the people that worked on that movie should be getting some of that action, should be getting some of that money, right? So, all right, let's let's bring this back to forgetting trying to work out how all this country. I, anyway, I, I think these strikes are going to still go on for a while. I really do. I think they're, I don't think they're getting very far. So this is the way it's going. And I think we're in for a, <clears throat> I don't know, not sure what's going to all end up happening. But what's happened though, two two things, there's two, th- two well, there's a lot of stuff that's kind of messing stuff up because of this one to me on a slightly I don't know kind of surprising and unexpected thing that's happening is that they're moving movies that are completed they're moving their release dates the big one that just got announced a few days ago is Dune part two you know Dune part one came out in the fall of 2021 which seems a long time ago right even during that was even during COVID times right I, I can remember and we still have COVID, yeah, of course, but not like it was. Um, I can still, I think Dune, I yeah, I went to the theater to see it. Um, and I think, did we have to wear masks at the theater at that time? Gosh, I, I don't remember, did we? I can't remember. Maybe. Uh, I, I, I remember. Uh, but, um, and then it, that was the one, actually, part one, where they released it on um, on HBO simultaneously. Like, the minute it came out, it was on um it was on HBO as well. I think a lot of people watched it that way because no one wanted to go to the theater and get COVID or whatever. Um, but part two is ready to go. I mean, it's done. It's done. And it was going to come out on November 3rd this year. Just uh, maybe, what, what, or almost like to early September. So like a little more than two months away. And they just announced that they're shifting it to a March 15th, 2024 release date. So pushing it like four months ahead or out or whatever. Um, the, uh, I don't know. They don't, you know, it, 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 it may be, sorry about that. I think I bumped my keyboard here. Um, the, I'm trying to read this article here a little bit. Um, it, it's, it, I, I don't know if it's mostly because of the, you know, the actors in that not being able to do press. Um, I, I don't know the complete reasoning behind shifting it like this. Uh, you know, it's it's certainly because of the strike. I, I think the I think the two big factors that happen with some of these, sh- and there's a few other movies that have shifted dates, although they're not the oh I I, <laughs> I think that Craven the Hunter, although I don't know if that was having to do with the strike that got shifted. Oh, that movie, ugh, I don't know. The new Morbius, people are calling it already. Uh, but there's two things I think that go on. One, the actors, uh, you know, and, you know, 
can't do press, right? You can't talk about a movie that's just coming out like that. Um, so the um, the other thing I think that's coming into play here is I think those studios are concerned that in 2024 they're gonna have they're gonna have both the TV and and movies are gonna have little to put out. I think their content's gonna be they're gonna hit a we're it's like when I work in the auto industry, it's like when the auto industries have gone on strike or even during COVID times when manufacturing was, was running into snags, you know, you run out of product and they're going to run out of TV product and movie product at some point. So I think they're going to start playing a game and trying to space things out more. Uh, you know, we may get some of the streaming shows. They did this with the last season of the Witcher on Netflix. Uh, maybe they'll start doing it with some other shows. Netflix has always had this um, model of when they drop a series, they they release the whole thing. But they've changed that a little bit, and and sometimes they've been releasing you know part one of the series, you know like half of the series, and then they release the other half, you know in maybe a month or two. So maybe we're going to start seeing more of that. And regular network TV, who knows? Although I would think most of the fall stuff was maybe done or maybe not. I I don't know. Usually my memory of the way f normal fall TV used to be was that people would start in the spring and start working on the show, maybe early summer. So by the time the fall came, they've had, you know, maybe like, you know, six episodes done, six, seven episodes, and then they would continue to work. And so as they were broadcasting the episodes, they were still making the episodes and then and then they would more or less stay ahead of the game, right? They had enough of a bank of episodes that they could start airing them while they were finishing, you know, doing the rest of the season. So I'm, I'm not quite sure. I don't watch a lot of network. There's not as many network shows anymore that I watch. Um, you know, the CW shows, all the superhero shows on there are gone now, done. Uh, so that's that's one big chunk that I used to watch. I mean, there used to be four or five of those. There was Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, <laughs> Supergirl, you know, even that Batwoman series. Ew, ew. Um, but um, Stargirl and, and those things are all those. Oh, oh, the, oh there's, sorry, there's, they're not all gone. There's one left and we're getting a shortened final season, which I don't know. I don't think that started to film is the last uh, season. I think it's only going to be eight or 10 episodes of Superman and Lois. And, and they've really cut back on it. You know, there's the, a lot of the actors that are on the show are gone. It's pretty much the core family of Superman, Lois, and their two sons. So um, they've, yeah, that, who knows when we're going to get that. The, um, so I don't know how it's going to impact all that. So the, these shifting of movies and, and that, I, I think is going to continue to happen. They've also outright, and it wasn't on a lot of shows that I really follow. There was one, though, I, and I can't remember which one it was. Um, but they're canceling shows that had been previously renewed. There there are some shows that are showing up now. They're starting to, like, because of the gap and the time lag and everything. Um, and I think there's some, like, I, I, I think it has to do with residuals that are paid and there's some little other little way the studios are saving some money by doing this, but they're releasing people or, or dropping shows that they didn't, they were going to continue with and now they are not. So it's, yeah, it, it's a, it's a freaking mess basically. <laughs> Ugh, I it's, it's really, I, I hope this hasn't been too much of a downer podcast. That's not usually how I, I roll, but um, 
Let me talk about some other stuff. Um, let me take a short break. It'll be really short. It's already half hour into the podcast. I can take a real short break. I'll come back. We'll talk about some of the stuff I've been watching, some things maybe to look forward to. And uh, yeah, hang on and I'll be right back. I'm Jen. And I'm Angela from the Anomaly Podcast. And you're listening to Treks in Sci-Fi. All right, I am back. Um, let's see. What have I? What am I watching these days? Uh, like I said earlier, even though it's it's kind of a murder mystery kind of a show, not really mystery too much, but based on true story on Peacock, um, that thing ended. There's only eight episodes, and they're only about a half hour. Excuse me, half hour or so. Uh, that thing ended on a big cliffhanger, and I don't think they've officially uh, renewed it. Um, I'm watching the last season of the Jack Bauer show on Amazon Prime, which I've mentioned before. I've got one more episode of Mosquito Coast, not really sci-fi. Uh, Strange New Worlds is obviously done. I started in on the second season of Foundation. Eh, the show doesn't really do a whole lot for me. I'll keep watching it, uh, but it's kind of, eh, you know, basically to me. Oh, I, I read um, they're going to make some movies out of Warrior Nun. You know, kind of ended a little bit abruptly on season two and instead of another season they're going to do two or three movies i think for netflix uh so that's kind of cool um let's see what else i finished up finally uh, and this is showing i think or was showing on like to be t-u-b-i um that um i'll just say his name real quick joss whedon um you know created show called the nevers uh it um ran for 12 episodes we only really got I think six ended up on HBO, aired them, and then the other six kind of vanished and never were heard from <laughs> and ended up on Tubi of all places. Anyway, I managed to get a hold of them and watch the final six episodes. And the last episode ends in a pretty pretty big few things happening, and it's kind of sad that we won't get any more of that to kind of resolve things. But, uh, yeah, I guess that's... I guess that's how it goes sometimes. So, you know, you can't really uh, predict how these things will turn out. And um, it's just, um, yeah, that's how it goes. Hang on one second. Yeah, so uh, I still got to watch the last 10 episodes of Manifest, which showed up the uh, second half. That was like I was saying earlier. That was one of the things Netflix did with Manifest. They, they picked up the show to finish it off. And they split it into two 10-episode blocks. I watched the first 10 episodes of, was it, like season four, I think? You know, that show, I f I'm glad that they picked it up. But I feel like this last season, I kind of, I think they stretched it out longer than than they should have. Um, and and I'm really, uh, this show is giving me such a lost, uh, the lost TV show vibe of, I don't think the, they're going to be able to stick the landing. I don't think it's going to be satisfying at all. I just, the, the show has been interesting, but I, I think it went off in kind of a weird direction a few, uh, you know, earlier. And I don't know, anyone else out there listening or watching, who are listening, um, watch Manifest. I thought it was really good the first couple of seasons, and then it, it just kind of meandered a little bit. It, it reminds me of, you know, uh, The Wheel of Time. <laughs> <laughs> which by the way is starting a new season in in a few couple weeks maybe maybe even in about a week or so 
I don't know, or first part of September, I think. And that is so different. That TV show is so different from the book series. And that, I, as they've said 100 times on this podcast, that book series, I loved, 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 loved the first few books of it. But then it just turns into this, like, eh, Niev, you know, she's combing her hair and brushing her hair again. And, you know, like nothing's happening, you know. And I don't need, you know, pew pew and everything going on all the time. But, um, man, give me something. Give me some meat on the bone a little bit, a little bit of meat. Um, so, so what? I guess what? Here's what we really should talk about, and here's a big spoiler warning. Um, Ahsoka. Uh, so, spoiler warning: I watched the first two episodes. So, if you haven't seen it yet, by the time you're listening to this, and it's been out for, came out on Tuesday here in the states at least. So you've had a good almost pushing a week, five six days to watch it. So again, you're warning. I'm going to spoil a few things, but um, yeah, I mean, I like the first couple of episodes. I think Rosario Dawson plays a very interesting. She plays the character of Ahsoka very in an interesting way. Some people say she's kind of like almost bland, like like she she doesn't show a lot of emotion. She's very. I, I think there's a little bit of the whether she's been directed to do this or if this is what she thinks, but there's there's a bit of a a Jedi. Like Jedi's are supposed to be very calm and passive and kind of, and it, I'll tell you one thing. You know, when people used to kind of complain about the the you know well in the, back in the day, you know, people would complain about the Star Wars prequels, but now it's become complain about the sequels, and the prequels are pretty good, you know. Um, but one of the things I loved about the prequels is Obi Wan Kenobi. He was this younger, sort of brash, kind of a little bit more would show a little more emotion. And and he he wasn't this very very sedate serious Jedi you know this this uh, and I and I wish that we would get a bigger range I mean you know we've seen a little bit of that I, I you know but there's this idea that you know as the Jedi's mature and become uh, you know you could even see that in Return of the Jedi with Luke a little bit right he in in Empire he's very you know he's kind of all over the place right you know that that's the whole point he he's you know, much anger in him, like his father and all that stuff, right? And he wants to go uh, save Han and Leia and all this. And, and he's out of kind of out of control a little bit. But by Return of the Jedi, he comes into Jabba's palace. He's in the black suit. You know, he's very calm. And he's like, you know, you should give Captain Solo and the Wookiee to me. You know, your Jedi powers will not work on me, boy. You know, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I should do a whole podcast on just my imitating of different scenes from Star Wars. So, um, so I think the the reason Rosario is playing Ahsoka a little bit like that is, I think she's playing the sort of calm Jedi. But I think occasionally we need a little bit more emotion from the Jedi. You know, just just one little commentary. It's not a big deal. Um, but yeah, I like the I like the first two episodes pretty well. David Tennant as the robot, whatever his name is, Tui or something like that, Huey, Dewey, or Louie. I don't know. Uh, but uh, he he's good. He's 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 really good. Uh, we got, you know, this is, this is, come on, this is just another season live action now of Rebels, basically. I mean, there's a lot of Rebel stuff going on in this from there. If you guys haven't watched the animated Rebels show, you really need to be watch, watch that show to, to get pretty much most of what's going on in Ahsoka. Um, you know, we, we've got, we got Sabine, we have Hera, you know, they're talking about Ezra. They haven't really talked about Kanan very much. Um, Chopper's even there, who's hilarious. I love Chopper. 
but uh, but yeah, I liked it. And then you got the bad, you know, the bad guys, the Sith or whatever. With their, <laughs> I was watching this. There's a guy I don't know the guy's name, but you can find him on YouTube. He he does a really good Obi Wan Kenobi impression, and he sits on a couch and and he's like. Obi-Wan reviews the Ahsoka trailer. Just type that into YouTube. But Qui-Gon's there in ghost form and Obi-Wan's sitting on a couch in a bathrobe, basically. And, and they're talking about, you know, the um, the Ahsoka trailer. It's it's pretty funny stuff. But they make a comment while they're watching it about the the bad Jedi here. Or the, sorry, whatever they are, Sith. Um, or maybe former Jedi, I think. I think, yeah, one of them at least. Uh, but uh, yeah, the, the the older play by the late Ray Stevenson is is a is a former Jedi, I think they say, right? So anyway, but they they comment about their lightsabers being orange, not really red, but they make and they are they, they look orange. They're not really red. They're not the intense like Vader red saber kind of a thing, uh, you know that that we've normally like or or Darth Maul for example with the very red lightsaber. I think the Qui-Gon in the funny little clip thing, he even comments, is like, I only know, I only know red, blue, and, and green. What are these orange lightsabers? So, uh, but the one comment, I, so it's it's really looks great, of course, the show looks good. Um, a couple little nitpicks. Um, it's, it's another find the map and search for somebody thing. Weren't they just doing that with Luke in, in the in the sequel trilogy? When did these shows become about, hey, we got to find the little star map and we got to go see where Thrawn's been hiding? And like, hey, you know, if Thrawn's out there and he's building some kind of a force or whatever, why don't you just wait till he comes back? <laughs> you know, and I know you feel like you need him. So you got to go find him. And the same thing with Luke, you know, but I just think it's funny that we've there's 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 a lot of, you know, in the recent Star Wars stuff where it's like. Hey, let's find the little thingy that's gonna that's gonna show us a map, and it's maybe been split into a couple of parts. I mean, it's basically like Star Wars D and D or something, um, and it's not a big deal. But it but it just really really hit me when it's like, oh oh okay, so this series they're doing eight episodes, so we've seen two in there um, so far, but they're they're just gonna be about searching for Thrawn. I don't know, maybe we're gonna find him like in episode three or four pretty quickly because they seem to already know where he's at pretty much. So, uh, or at least where this map goes to. So, uh, but yeah, and, and um, but, but I'm liking it. I mean, I love the Rebel show. So there's a lot of talk about, um, there's there's the two main baddie Jedi, ex-Jedi, you know, Sith, whatever. I've said that a bunch. And then there's this one guy in black with a little helmet on, right? He, he, he looks like... Uh, Who's the guy in the G.I. Joe thing? Reminds me kind of one of the G.I. Joe guys. I don't, I'm not a big G.I. Joe guy. Um, but um, the the silent guy, right? You know, that never speaks or whatever. Oh, no. I, you know, he, he reminds me in the, of the boys show on on, on Amazon, uh, um, Noir or whatever. He, he looks like he's all just dressed in black with this little black helmet on. And he fights a little bit with Ahsoka in episode two, I think it is. So, um so anyway, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's good. I like it. It's fun. And especially if you like Rebels, there's going to be, I mean, there was a Lothcat in, uh, in, in, the, in the first episode. Well, maybe both episodes. Uh, they kind of blend together. I mean, they, especially when I watched them back to back that first night, it came out. So, all right. That's probably plenty for this week. I hope this was a fun podcast for everybody. 
Um, what else was I going to say? There was something else I was going to say. Um, oh, just got. I just looked across my desk here, and I read this. If you're into comics, there's a new series on the Penguin, and you know the Penguin has never been what. what he's not like a scary villain for Batman, like the Joker, really. But this 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 first issue of the Penguin by Tom King, who writes it, uh, it's really good, and it, it makes the Penguin a little bit more scary. And uh, I like Tom, Tom King as a comic book writer for for DC primarily. He does some interesting things with Batman, and and he's he's. I, I just like the way he he thinks and the kind of way he writes and but this was a pretty good pretty good comic I, I enjoyed it quite a bit I picked up on a cassette uh, the second uh, Guardians of the Galaxy movie cassette uh, with the music <laughs> I got this little this I think I said about maybe talked about this on the podcast but I got this little all-in-one music box thing as a 10th anniversary gift for my work. And uh, it can play CDs. It can play regular LP vinyl records. It can play cassettes. It, can, it has a radio. It can play anything pretty much, except for maybe an old eight-track tape. So, uh, so I've been buying a couple of cassettes to put in there. Uh, I have a bunch of cassette tapes, but if you guys know what you know anything about magnetic tape, uh, it, they're they're old, and uh, and I'm afraid to put them in equipment now because. Magnetic tape degrades quite a bit over time, and if you put one of those old cassettes in a player, it, it's likely to, to jam up with all the, the – the tape will just get jammed up in the player, and then you're screwed. So I've – a newer newer cassette I'm a little bit more comfortable with. So anywho, uh, yeah, so I've got a Labor Day weekend next weekend. It should be next week. We should be uh, should be sharing with you the Dylan and I podcast talking about Trek stuff. And, uh, and oh, we got a Star Trek day coming up on September the 8th, which will be, well, that's kind of cool. It's going to be on a Friday. Yeah, it'll be Friday, September 8th. That, that's kind of cool with supposed to be some some cool things on on, you know, to watch on Paramount Plus, online, I think. I think they're even doing some theater screenings of some stuff in certain very, very select cities. So um, just to check out on StarTrek.com to find out about that. Uh, and we've got, when is it starting? I think is it starting right around, I think it's starting around Star Trek Day. The, either this, I, I think it might be the day before, I think on the 7th, I think is what it is. Lower Decks is back uh, with, what is it, season four now? I think it's season four. So that'll be good. I'm I'm looking forward to more Trek. I've been already, you know, just really really missing on Thursdays watching Strange New Worlds. I'm gonna rerun and rewatch a few episodes uh, to kind of satisfy me. So, all right, folks. Uh, like I said, next week should be Dylan, Dylan and me, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Uh, oh, one last thing: Patreon.com forward slash Trucks and Sci-Fi. If you want to support the podcast couple of dollars a month really appreciate those that do you guys are fantastic and you, you know you you've hung in all these years helping me uh run the show and and support it so my hat my my i'm tipping my fedora oh one one indie comment i just saw indiana jones and the dial of destiny movie which i i still think is a fun good movie um but that is coming out on home digital you know where you can buy it digitally uh not physical media yet and not streaming on like disney but at the end of the month i think like the 20 i think just tuesday 
yeah, this 29th, you can you can watch it that way if you want to watch it on there, you know, all those various voodoo and all those other little home um, iTunes probably as well, Amazon probably, uh, where you can buy digitally the that movie if you didn't see it in theaters. I know a lot of people don't don't go to the theaters for different reasons these days, so uh, I would check it out. And then there's no word on a release date for physical media yet, or or for a Disney release. They just released on on um, Max, whatever it's called now. Yeah, uh, the Flash movie which I liked quite a bit, uh, that was out. Uh, I know, Ezra Miller, yeah, bad guy, whatever. I'll get over it. Uh, but it was a good movie. I, I really liked it. Michael Keaton's back as Batman. Uh, yeah, I think that was a really good movie, really fun. Um, give it a, give, Check it out if you like that kind of stuff. All right, talk to you guys later. Bye. This has been a Rico Dosti podcast production.